0: Welcome to the St. Edward's podcast, a church filled with the Holy Spirit. We hope that today's words will draw you closer to Christ Jesus. Please be seated. The Apostle John, later in his life, many years after the life of Christ, wrote a letter to the early church, and he penned these words. He said, If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? It's a fair question. St. James, the, the brother of our Lord Jesus, the pastor in Jerusalem, asked a similar question in his letter to the church. He wrote, Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food, If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? Both St. James and St. John say, in, in a sense, put your money where your mouth is. And they certainly should ask these questions. Why? Because this is the same message they receive from our Lord Jesus Christ himself. They received these words, these practices from Jesus. Our reading today from the Gospel of Luke illustrates this very thing. It's a parable our Lord gave about a rich man and a poor man. The rich man dressed in expensive purple dyed linen, eating in extravagance, and the poor man named Lazarus covered in sores. He was hungry but found no relief the rich man's dogs would come and lick his sores, and in short time, they both died. The nameless rich man ends up in Hades. Lazarus, the poor man, ends up with Abraham in paradise. And the rich man begs for help, but none is given. Distraught, he asks his family to be warned, and the answer he received is this. They should pay attention to the writings of Moses and the prophets quite a parable it concerns our money it concerns our actions it concerns the commands of the bible now this parable of jesus is not a teaching on heaven and hell we can find other scriptures that deal with those biblical concepts and, and doctrines this however is a story a parable not explicit teaching on particulars but emphasis on the major points Stories about how we treat the poor like this were common in Jesus' day. In fact, one commentator notes this. He said, stories like this were so well known that we can see how Jesus has changed the pattern that people would expect. In the usual story, when someone asks permission to send a message back to the people who are still alive on earth, the permission is usually granted. Here, though, it isn't. And the sharp ending of the story points beyond itself to all sorts of questions that Jesus' hearers and Luke's readers were urged to face. The parable serves as a warning. And like many warnings, it serves as an encouragement, an, an exhortation, an encouragement to do something different. It is an encouragement to truly serve the poor, the outcast, the sick, the less fortunate. This parable does not say that we should let the poor be poor because in the afterlife, they'll be better off. So let's let them be poor because they're going to receive their reward. One could walk away with that interpretation with this story from Jesus. But that's not the point. Jesus wants us to follow the scriptures and truly care for the people around us. Remember how Jesus taught us to pray? Our Father, who art in heaven hallowed be thy name. What does it say about heaven? On earth as it is in heaven. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in our prayer, we say that what happens in heaven should happen on earth. The age to come must be anticipated in the present. We are called to bring heaven to earth. One of the ways we do that is by sharing what we have with the people around us. This morning, there's going to be a baptism. In fact, two baptisms. It's a glorious sacrament, a celebration on earth as in heaven, both places. And before the holy baptism, in just a few moments, we will say something together. It's called our baptismal covenant. It's found on page 304 and 305 in the Book of Common Prayer. In fact, why don't you take the Book of Common Prayer in front of you and turn to those pages, 304 and 305. It is not just for the ones being baptized, this baptismal covenant. It's not just for their sponsors and and parents. It's for all of us, everyone who has been baptized, This is the covenant that we confess in our worship and in our liturgy every time someone is baptized, every time someone becomes a member of the people of God. In the first part, it says, we confess belief about God the Father. And then we confess belief about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And we confess belief in God the Holy Spirit. It follows the outline, if you will, of the Apostles' Creed. We then commit to gathering and continuing the practices of the church. We then promise to resist evil and sin and practice repentance. And next, we commit to proclaiming the gospel with our words and actions. But the last two questions go right along with our story today. How do we treat other people? The baptismal covenant asks, will you seek and serve Christ in in the people that you like? No, it doesn't say that. (laughs) It doesn't say, will you seek and serve Christ in the people that you like? It says, will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? The response is this, I will with God's help. And the last question of the covenant is this. Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? Again, all people. Not some, not just the American, not just the ones we like, but all. And when we use words like justice, respect, and dignity, it certainly refers to the poor, the outcast the sick, the foreigner, and so forth. For is it not the fulfillment of the law summed up in these two commands? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And is it not the very act of God that we follow, that Christ? Jesus, from a position of power, from a position of glory, yet he humbled himself and came to us and blessed us with his life, his death and resurrection, and ascending back to God to send us the Holy Spirit all by his grace, his gift, not because we earned it, not because we deserved it, because what we deserve is death. What we've earned is punishment. Because of our sin, because of our resistance to make God king of our lives. Yet God gives us mercy. As we prayed in our call it at the very beginning of our worship today, O oh God, you declare your almighty power chiefly in showing mercy and pity. You want to know what God's power looks like? Look at the cross. That's mercy and pity right there. That's the power of God. Because it's right there as our colleague petitioned, we ask, grant us the fullness of your grace that we, running to obtain your promises, may become partakers of your heavenly treasure. And because through Jesus Christ we have been given so much, a free gift, we call this new life, We call it abundant life. We call it a new creation, receiving it by faith through the grace of God. We may turn and share this grace with others. Following Jesus, following his way, giving out mercy. This, this is our theology. This is our doctrine. This is our baptismal covenant. Listen to what Christian author Dane Ortland shared on Twitter yesterday. I just happened to see this. He wrote, when I want to know someone's theology, their actual theology, not just professed theology, I look at how they treat other people. How we treat others is a living, breathing creed of what we believe God to be like. What was our gospel reading about today? It's not a scare tactic by Jesus about hell versus heaven, but a reminder to take the word of God seriously, Moses and the prophets, and to live a life worthy of the gospel that we have received, helping the world around us flourish, and not just for the sake of flourishing, but for the sake of following Jesus Christ, being transformed by the creator of the world participating in God's mission, seeing people transformed by the gospel, seeing heaven invade earth, and furthering God's kingdom. Or to put it in another, much more simple way, our gospel reading today was about loving thy neighbor as thyself. Children of God, I'm preaching to myself just as much as you this morning. May we go and do likewise. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this conversation today. We will continue to pray that our teachings are impacting you for the kingdom of God. If you'd like to learn more about our community, you can find us on SaintEdward'sEpiscopal.com or on Facebook. And of course, we'd love for you to visit us in beautiful Mount Dora. May God's grace fill you as you go in peace.